online, on Radio Player, and on 106.6 FM. This is Wickham Sound, the Wickham Wanderers Show. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Wickham Wanderers Show uh, with myself, Colin, and Bob. Looking back at what's been an eventful week, I suppose you'd call it. Indeed. Uh, still really getting over Saturday. 2-0 down, go, going into half-time, and then all of a sudden we get one back and we end up winning 3-2. And then, of course, we had Tuesday night. Because you were quite despondent, uh, as many fans were, I'm sure, at, at the 2-0 down bit. Yes, I, I was. Uh, and I'm not normally that despondent, but yes, I, I was. Um, I did tweet a bit of a, you know, well, that, that sort of its <laughs> type tweet. Um, but as has happened uh, throughout this season, um, as soon as I say something, then completely the opposite <laughs> thing then happens. So actually, maybe I should do a few more despondent tweets. Yeah, please do. Uh, it was a fantastic feeling to get the win on Saturday. And uh, it was it came on the back of uh, a statement, uh, two season ticket holders from uh, the chairman and owner, Rob Kuig, uh, which we'll be hearing from him uh, speaking on uh, Phil's Ringing the Blues podcast as well. Uh, that'll be uh, later on this hour. And I think we have to as well think that actually Tuesday night we played really well. You know, it was absolutely sickening to, to lose right at the very, very end as we did. Uh, but even so, you know, it was a really, really good performance. We will tonight, of course, be hearing from Gareth Ainsworth uh, both his thoughts after the Huddersfield game and also after the Derby County game. And we'll also hear from Uchi as well. And in our series of uh, chatting to former players, uh, goal-scoring hero Mark West joins us as well. Very much looking forward to chatting to him. Uh, Tom's with us as well, who you might have heard recently uh, chatting to uh, David Wheeler in a, a mental health special. Hello, sir. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. That, that bit didn't go well, then. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He was there seconds ago. His, his mobile phone signal wasn't great, so we'll, we'll, we'll attempt to get him back uh, shortly. I didn't realise that he, he did the sort of like sound effect noises, but but they, they were quite impressive. Um, we'll, we'll try and retrieve him shortly, but uh, we'll let, let's let's reflect on on uh, the, the, the win at Huddersfield, which was I think I think I think I can't remember whether I was just saying this or not, but I felt that a win was was definitely coming, and and Huddersfield felt like it could be the could be the one. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I wasn't sure to be honest. Uh, sort of. The, the way that everything had gone since the Preston game, uh, uh, you know, I was beginning to think, oh, goodness me, you know, we, we keep now being upbeat before every game and then actually, you know, nothing's really happening. The fact that we, you know, we, we lost uh, Sheffield Wednesday, the, you know, the, the, the Birmingham ball draw. Um, so I, I wasn't really feeling it, to be honest. And when Huddersfield went ahead in the way that they did, where basically the entire defence stopped claiming offside um, and the Huddersfield player um, the sort of headed the easiest goal in the world past Ryan Allsop, you know, it was very much a, oh, goodness me, just just even the manner of the goal just felt slightly depressing. Um, and I'm sure the players probably thought that a little bit as well, then to go 2-0 down. Uh, but the way that they came back was absolutely spectacular, you know, starting off with Anis scoring a, a, a super goal. Um, and then the second half was, was just a dream. It, it, and it looked just a completely different side we were unrecognizable uh in the in the second half uh compared to the first it was a really really good solid performance um and you know and, and once again and i know we've said this a lot but we just looked like you know a team who who absolutely 100 percent deserves to be competing in the championship it was a really such a positive feeling as well as you say not only the the result but the manner of the victory to come back from 2-0 down as well yeah, I mean, because, you know, that that must have been so hard um, just sort of mentally to think, goodness me, you know, we, we've struggled to come. We, we haven't really come back from 1-0 down, or we did, did in the Birmingham away game. But, you know, we've struggled whenever we've gone behind. So we've gone behind by two goals in a game that, yes, you know, Huddersfield aren't doing that well, and we possibly thought we would have done all right about it. Uh, we'd had the, the message from Rob Kuhig, you know, everything was, was you know, sort of like poised to this was going to be a pivotal game and to suddenly discover that we were 2-0 down uh you know after 40 odd minutes uh yeah must have been really really tough to actually come back from that and and the fact that we did and in the manner that we did was absolutely fantastic uh, great to get the thoughts of manager gareth ainsworth who spoke to matt for the club's website uh, accompanied by a lawnmower it's hard to know what to say on Tuesday after such a disappointing night in Sheffield. Uh, 2-0 down again today, we're thinking here we go again. But what character and what response for you boys? You must be so proud of Yeah, do you know, I know a lot of people would have been thinking here we go again, but not me. You know, I know what I've got and I've said game by game, this is how we're going to do it. I asked for fight today. 
I thought we lacked a little bit of fight, especially when we went 2-0 down at Sheffield. And then a couple of goals against Forest going against you. A little bit of fight. And it's listen, I'm not having a go at anyone. It's normal, it's natural where you are in the league. We're in this league. We deserve to be in this league. And I want to stay in this league. And I've asked for fight. Whatever happens, we're going to come out swinging in every single game. And that's the Wiccan way. That's what it has. And we just maybe lost that a little bit lately. Um, and, and yeah, I'll take full responsibility for that. But today, I thought we were awesome. I thought we really were. Two goals are again avoidable the one on that second one especially higher up we can stop that but you know let's not get this wrong we, we could have scored four or five today the, the boys really played well second half especially I thought they were so brave really took the game to Huddersfield stopped their absolute possession style really stopped it because they're good at it, what they do you know they're good players Hogg and Kuna and you know and Benzie some big big names but then the likes of Mametti and Wheeler and, and Knight, you know, in that midfield, they, they stopped the way they played. The fullbacks were really brave, got really high left, tough as Ollie and Stewart in the two on two sometimes, but very capable two on two. It's really, really proud of the boys, you know. I thought we, uh, we put the game plan in place very well, especially second half. Um, the goal just before half time is huge, you know. Anis, what a player, you know, what, what a player he's going to be graduate from the B team in a microwave really you know rather than a, than a slow cooker because he's uh, he's right in it now he's in the thick of things and he won't get a tougher challenge than this but he's handling it and he's he's becoming something special so I'm really proud of him that goal really gave his belief at half time uh, and I'm sure it did everyone at home and then you know Daryl's had a great head out and Stewart's one off the line hit the bar first off one off the line first off that's a a true Wickham performance going forward. Proud of them, and uh, it's four hours home, so can have a bit of a smile this time. There's nothing to fear now, is there? Going into a big game on Tuesday against Derby County, um, such compliments to carry from today's game to that one. Nothing to fear at all. I spoke to Rob midweek, um, and he's he's of the same opinion of me. We want to be in this championship. We deserve to be in this championship. Too often we say about Wickham first, and oh, isn't this great, and all that. Let's try and drop that for now and go, right, let's stay in here. Let's stay in this championship. Listen, we're 10 points adrift. I'm not stupid. I know that's a tough ask. But we've got 18 games left. I know that's a lot of points to play for as well. So it's doable. It really is doable. And I have to credit Alex Samuel before the game in the dressing room. He, he said to the boys, write, write this story, boys. Let's, let's write this story. Because nobody will believe it. Nobody believed the stories last year or the year before, but let's write a new story. We can do this. And I'm really, really looking forward to seeing that week in, week out, that mentality, that focus and aggressive way of playing. Loved it. It's been tough. It's been tough, you know. And it is in my job. Football management stuff. But um, you get moments like these that make it all worthwhile. So thanks very much for support. Really appreciate it. And hopefully we can crack on with another win on Tuesday. It really did kind of set the mood, didn't it, for a, a great um, sort of victory, hopefully, <laughs> on Tuesday. And really interesting to hear Gareth's words there. Yeah, I, I, I felt very much on Tuesday. What I really, really hoped was that it wasn't another disappointing performance in the way that the Sheffield Wednesday and, and the Birmingham City game were. Um, and it definitely wasn't that at all. Uh, you know, we did play really well. Uh, it was a really, really, you know, competitive game. It was, considering that it was two teams at the wrong end of the championship table, you know, it was an absolutely engrossing, really, really entertaining game. Um, and, you know, it was just such a sucker punch at the end. It, it really felt for, for Ryan Allsop in particular, wearing the Mardi Gras kit on Mardi Gras day. Um, uh, you know, to to concede, uh, we, we literally were seconds to go. The free kick coming off the post, um, and and then uh, Derby managing to score the the equaliser. Uh, sorry, the the winner. Wisdom putting it in the in the net. Yeah, just you know, as you, as you can probably hear, I still haven't quite got over it really. <laughs> but um, a great night for uh, Anis, as we heard, and also Uchi as well, uh, who spoke to um, Alicia, who was on the show last week after the game. So three big points on the road stage. Eh? How does that? How, how much does that mean to the team? It's massive, it's massive. Um, I'm not going to lie. Um, I came here when I was at Watford, I think, 2013. And I wasn't I wasn't on the bench. I remember how it made me feel. And I think I went on, out on loan. Um, 2014, I think. And, like, I remember how I felt because I was just like, rah, they didn't think I was good enough to play at this level. So when I came to this team, they were like, oh. I remember because I was sat in the stand there. 
So like I use that as so, 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 some sort of like momentum to take into the game. That was just my thing, you know. So yeah. But listen, it's a it's about the team in it. But that's just something me personally I took into the game. Yeah. And people might have written us off when we went yeah. two 0 down. Um, did you guys always believe that you could get the win? Yeah, of course. Listen, I'm not gonna lie, man. I, I hate losing, and so does the team. And everyone's been burning um, just to win a game. And um, it, it's been tough. I, you know, I, I can't lie. You know, I care so much, and it hurts me to lose. So, um, listen, it's a great win. We've got work to do, and um, I'm excited. You know, like I, like I said, we're gonna write a story. You know, that's what we're gonna do. So, and I'm happy for the for the players as well because I'm with them. And they work hard and they're honest. And this is the most honest group of boys I've ever, I've ever played with. So, um, listen, it's a win. And, you know, we need to kick on now. And you had a great game personally. Yeah. And you played a big part in winning that penalty. Did you not want to take it? Um, listen, I'm a striker. I want to score goals. I'm going to get my goals this season. I have no doubt. Um, but, listen, JJ's probably one of the best penalty takers in the football league. So I've got to respect that, you know. So, um, of course, I want to score goals. But he's, he's a penalty taker. It's an assist for me, that's the way I look at it, you know, I set up one, so, listen, my goals are come, you know, and you know, I can do everything, so I believe. Yeah, and after such a strong performance, how are you feeling about Tuesday night and Derby County? Um, yeah, like I said, obviously, games are coming thick and fast, it's on to Tuesday now, but yeah, listen, I'm looking forward to it, I'm looking forward to it, and listen, to come back from 2-0 down, to win 3-2, listen, if that's not a catalyst, then I don't know what it is, so, um, even in the manner which we did, you know, Anis is a special player. You know, that goal before the second half, you know, great finish, great goal. And I see it. You know, he's going to, you know, for me, you know, I'm, I'm on him all the time. He's one of my best mates there. And, you know, he, he got us back in the game. And his all-round performance is very good. So, you know, listen, it's not only Anis. You know, we can talk about the whole team. Um, but, yeah, that, that goal for the first half finish gave us that belief. Great to hear from Uchi shortly afterwards. The, um, the helicopter took off successfully. And <laughs> he was... <laughs> He was taken to. He's very honest, is Uchi, isn't he? Yes, no, he doesn't doesn't like to lie. Uh, no. Tom uh, joins us as well. Uh, who, um, as we heard, uh, spoke to uh, sp- spoke to uh, Dave Wheeler about uh, sort of mental health in um, in football. Good evening, sir. Hi, yeah, thanks for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much. So, what did you see in the team on uh, on that in that game at Huddersfield, which really thought, oh, this is they've turned a co- bit of a corner here. Oh, so you've gone with a whole new setup really and for the first time able to have that spine of uh, Stuart and Tafazoli Knight moves forward into the holding midfield role um, with David Wheeler and Anis Mometti behind Uche I think Uche's really been the key he allows us to play with one up front and you know we can really lead that line effectively and just bodies bouncing off him and you know, he wins more fouls than in fact, there's only one player in the top four divisions wins more fouls than him at the moment, and that's Jack Grealish. And I think people know how much he gets kicked about. So that's the kind of level he's at in terms of what he's winning for us. And, you know, his hold-up play is excellent. Well, actually, runs, you know, he can carry the ball surprisingly well and surprisingly quickly for a big man. I think it's always slightly surprising when you see someone of that size kind of put the afterburners on. And, uh, yeah, he's already won a couple of penalties. Obviously, took fun on Tuesday night as well. Um, so, yeah, he's been really key. Um, you do have to wonder, had he been fit for, you know, most of, if not all the season, where would we be? We'd probably be a little higher than we are, I think. Then um, you've got Anis Mometti, he's just a revelation, isn't he? Um, you know, Cardin is just B-team signing pretty much straight into the first team in and out, but now he's really established himself. Um, I'd say David Wheeler's probably the key player in it, though, apart from Uche, uh, in that he can really shuttle between between the lines of midfield. It's either a 4-1-4-1, or he can drop back and support Knight uh, accordingly, but it'll get on the end of crosses as well, and uh, he went close against Derby, scored against Cardiff, which was a part, yeah, that's the first time he tried that system, so now we've played at these last couple of games, the team looks a lot more balanced. I think we've got some identity back and hopefully we can keep everyone fit and uh, and push on from here despite the disappointment on Tuesday. It is a is a really interesting point in that I think he's one of those players who actually he's quite quiet in what he does, but actually he's vital to the team. Yeah, I think he can go under the radar because he doesn't necessarily do the spectacular. Yeah. But 
he's an excellent header of the ball. Um, a good passer as well. He won't always look for the Hollywood pass, but he'll make progressive passes and uh, sensible passes. And yeah, he can be depended on to play pretty much anywhere. Um, I mean, last season he was more of a winger. This season he's definitely become much more of a midfielder. Uh, but yeah, and he's that threat in the box as well. And I think you make a really interesting point with regards to, to Uchi winning the free kicks. And I, you know, I've always felt that Bayo doesn't get the free kicks that he deserved, and it seems that Uchi actually does. Yeah, although the interesting thing is he gives away about five fouls a game at the moment, which is, again, more than anyone in the top four divisions. But uh, I think when he's winning as many as he is, uh, he's winning almost as many, um, you, know, you benefit far more from that than you lose. But yeah, he... Yeah, I agree about Bayo. I think you know, he often gets unfairly penalised for his size and the assumption that if he's fouled, he must. Sorry, if a player's gone down, oh, he must have fouled them. Um, yeah, he's having a mobile target man like that makes such a difference. I mean, he's more than that as well. He's probably the most complete striker we've had under Ainsworth. Um, I think one of those long-range efforts is going to fly in soon. Came close again on Tuesday. Um, and yeah, I think he's just maybe feels he has a point to prove not because of anything he's done wrong but just having been out so long having come in as one of the big signings of the summer but yeah, really, really, really hope we can keep him fit and uh, we'll see where we can go it's a huge ask but uh, he's going to be vital if we're to pull it off yeah, I mean, with Uchi, it was interesting to hear him say that actually he remembered being uh, at Huddersfield uh, when he was at Watford um, and clearly had gone all the way up there, you know, like Gareth said, four hours on the coach um, and then wasn't even in the, in you know, in the squad. Uh, and so he clearly is somebody who feels that he's got points to prove to the other teams that he's played for. Um, and I think that can only benefit us. Yeah, I think so. And he, uh, I mean, he said when he signed that his aim was to been playing in the championship by 25 which he's done um you know playing at hearts in scotland that's not a bad level but yeah this is this is where he wanted to be and he's uh, he's showing he can do it and uh yeah i think the more he scores you know the, i think he's only going to get better i mean he is only 25 that's not quite into his peak years yet i just hope we can keep hold of him <laughs> i get slightly worried if he continues like this one or two others might be having a sniff in the summer. So, Tim, fantastic to hear uh, the thoughts of Tom there. Let's catch up with uh, Gareth Ainsworth speaking to uh, Matt after the uh, Derby game. Gareth, our performance that strong, you must have been thinking you'd get all three or maybe one, so to, to take away none must be heartbreaking. Listen, that is good enough for me. If we could play like that, we'd be absolutely fine. We were fantastic tonight. Um, I, I cannot fault the boys at all. I can fault certain people tonight without a shadow of a doubt, but I'm not going into that because I keep going into this and it doesn't change. I am so proud of my boys. Um, people know what I'm talking about and I have got to just say, keep playing like that, boys. We'll be absolutely fine. That's two superb performances in a row and particularly from Uche Piazzi who had to obviously get his own confidence back on track after the misfortune in the first half. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's some player, you know, and he's going to be a tremendous asset to us. Um, you know what? We'll be fine. We're playing like that and we'll be fine. As long as I'm in charge of this club, that is good enough. And uh, I'm so I'm so upset for the boys because they're gutted in there, but they don't need to be. Bring that again Saturday. Play for Wickham Wanderers. Give me that. Good enough. Yeah, I think we deserve the second penalty, but um, it's tough to give a referee, a referee to give two penalties to the same team. But if it's, it's happened, it's happened. Uh, listen, uh, I'm not going to get myself in trouble. My owner is 100% behind me when he sees my boys fighting like that. This whole club is is just fighting and scrapping to stay in this championship, and we keep playing like that, we'll do it. Tom, that must have been so uh, encouraging to see such a great performance against Derby as well, even if the result wasn't quite wasn't quite what we are after. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you can look at Derby's league position, but they're one of the form teams. So, yeah, a performance like that is promising. Um, yeah, those, yeah... I'm not going to get in trouble by mentioning the decisions, but I don't want to talk about them because <laughs> I've gone through that already and it just makes it even harder to take, I think. Um, but yeah, I think as long as you know Gareth will keep them motivated, uh, emphasise the importance of the performance and take that into Saturday, I think that's the important thing. Yeah, there's pl you know, plenty to take from it. I know 
you need results at this stage, but there wasn't a lot more we could have done, frankly. And so disappointing to, to lose in, in, in stoppage time as well. I mean, to, to get a winner in stoppage time is very exciting, but obviously uh, <laughs> equally as disappointing to lose in that way as well. Oh, yeah, it's just a sucker punch. It was like the uh, the first day against Rotherham, um, although probably worse than that because of how well we played. And, uh, I mean, even a point would have been disappointing. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we can... Uh, we can just take from the, the 92 minutes before that and, uh, you know, try and get that out of our system. I mean, we turned around from getting battered at Brentford to winning at Huddersfield within the space of a few games. I think, you know, we, we've come back from worse than a last-minute winner against us. So, yeah. I think the important thing is that actually we, we put in a really good performance against Millwall. It will be very, very depressing to see another performance a bit like the Sheffield Wednesday game. So I really hope that actually we come out and, and perform well. Yeah, I don't see any reason why we wouldn't. And I mean, Millwall are another form team. They're probably not going to make the playoffs, but they're really motoring at the moment and uh, up into the top half. Probably be a tougher game than it was when we faced them at Adams Park. But we're also playing better than we were that day. We've got pretty much everyone fit to choose from. Um, what we lacked in that game was anything to match up to their aerial presence. With Matt Smith, who's probably one of the you know, he's one of the best headers of the ball in this division. Um, yeah, we've got a Tafazoli now, so hopefully, touch wood, we're not you know put under so much pressure by him if he does start. But yeah. I don't think we'll revert to the kind of performance we saw against Wednesday. I think, as I said, we've got we've got a system that's working now. The team looks balanced. There's probably going to be one or two changes. We've got games. We've got two games a week until mid-April, so you're going to have the odd change. But yeah, I think I think we've got a good you know good foundation to work with now, and uh, yeah, pick ourselves up and uh, hopefully have the result to match the performance as well. So definitely, hopefully, those uh, last two performances real reason for optimism going forward. Uh, Tom, thanks a lot for your time. No problem, thanks for having me. Uh, pleasure to uh, speak with Tom, and uh, hopefully he'll be appearing on future shows uh, here at Wickham Sound. Uh, still to come, you can hear from uh, Chairman Rob Kuick and uh, Mark West on the way next. Love music, love talk, love Wickham Sound. <laughs> second part of the Wickham Wanderers show. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Still to come, we'll hear from Chairman Rob Kuig speaking on the uh, Ring in the Blues podcast with Phil after that statement, uh, which he made ahead of the Huddersfield win. Uh, but if you're a regular listener to the show, you'll know uh, that we often like to speak to former players and uh, I'm very pleased to say we can speak to an, an actual local hero and uh, huge goal scorer from the 80s and 90s. Mark West is with us this evening. Hello, sir. Hey, how are you doing? Very good, thank you. Thank you so much for, for speaking to us and, and for your time. It's great to have you on. Um, you must be very sort of pleased with the way that the team are doing at the moment, having you know contributed so well uh, yourself, laying the foundations, if you like. Yeah, well, to see them to get to the championship was um, unbelievable. They, you know, what I mean, they've been climbing up the leagues, and um, you know they, they've done ever so well to get there. Obviously, I was just in the conference, and I was with them when they got into the old division three and whatever. But um, yeah, to actually get into the championship is Championship has been been a great achievement. And during your time at the club, could you have imagined that they'd be you know, in the second tier of English football? <laughs> no, not when I started. Um, I think it was just in the the Isthmian League Premier League when I started. Um, and it, the, you know, I don't think anybody would have said, you know, that's a long time ago now. What's that? Nearly nearly forty years ago when I started. Um, to say that Wickham would be in a Championship would be, you know, a pretty unbelievable thing. But, um, you know, we slowly got a couple of promotions and obviously Martin took it over and, and obviously now Gareth's done a great job to get him into the championship. It must have felt so special, though, during the time you were there. And as you say, when, when you sort of started as well, being a, a non-league club and, um, you know, you're local, being local yourself as well, born in Stoke and Church and, you know, playing through the, the schools team as well and, and getting to play for your hometown club must be especially, especially uh, sort of pleasing. Yeah, obviously, it started with um, the Wickham School Boys, the district, um, under-15s. And then, obviously, I was at West Ham for a little while and then come back and started playing for Wickham when I was 18. Um, yeah, you know, um, always had good crowds. Uh, it was a bit different playing at Lokes Park with, with it on the slope. And then, obviously, 
it just became a little bit more professional. We started winning games and we got a promotion into the into the conference. And um, obviously, then we got the move to to the new ground, and that's when things sort of kicked off. And yeah, really being the, one of the local lads, there weren't many of us. It's, it started when I first joined the club. Nearly everybody was from around Wickham and Oxford area. And then it slowly, slowly changed and everybody started coming from, from London, uh, from the Midlands uh, and from f- farther afield. And, yeah, I was, I was probably the last the last local lad left when we moved to the new ground. So, yeah, it was, yeah, really nice. Did you well, for, for, for those of us who, who don't actually, who, who weren't lucky enough to go to Lokes Park and, and Colin was was one who was lucky enough to go, j- just tell us what the difference was between Lokes Park and, and then going to Adams Park. <laughs> well, Lokes Park had a slope. I'm not sure how big it was, but from side to side, it must have been about 30 foot from one side to the other, um, from the top to the bottom. So, um, you know, the, the pitch was always nice, but it was a bit different playing um, on, a, on a massive slope and then going to play on a carpet, um, which, we, you know, and, you know, all of a sudden we went from probably having eight or nine hundred to two and a half thousand people every week. So, um, yeah, it was lovely. And did you get? Did you use the slope to your advantage? Was that something that actually benefited the home team, or was it a pain to play on, really, for both sides? I think it was just a pain for both teams, really. I don't think it really mattered which way you were kicking, or you know, we probably learned how to take a corner and play up the top of the hill a little bit more. But you know, I don't think it was a great advantage. I think people might have said it was, but I don't think it was. But it was much nicer when obviously we moved to the new ground at Adams Park, and um, the pitch was flat and. Like I say, you, you, we got another like 2,000 people come to start watching. And um, obviously then, you know, we we done really well and got to Wembley and things like that. And, you know, it was great for the town. It must have been such a, a sort of proud feeling for you to have, have scored so many goals that you had and, and on that sort of club's roll of honour, if you like. I think third, in fact, with your, with your 251 goals in total. Yeah, no, I was quite lucky. I played in some good sides um, with, with a lot of good players. And... Um, yeah, scored quite a few goals. I'm not sure I was top scorer for a few years, but um, when you play with good players, it does help. They they put good crosses in and make good chances for you. And, um, you know, obviously I scored the first goal at Adams Park as well against Nottingham Forest. I think that was, how long was that? 30 years ago? <laughs> it's a long time ago now. So, um, yeah, it was really pleasing. Does it feel like a long time ago? Does it feel like only yesterday? I think when you look in the mirror, it seems, <laughs> when you look in the mirror, it seems a long time ago. So um, yeah, it, it, it's, it doesn't seem that long ago actually. It seems, it seems funny, you know, when you actually watch it on the telly now and, and you see see Wickham playing um, and you see the ground and everything. I think it, it seems like yesterday that you were playing, um, but like I say, it was like thirty years ago when we got there, and it just seems to have gone so fast. Are there particular goals and games that stand out? Obviously, the, the FA Trophy final winner must have been pretty special. Yeah, no, no to, to get to um, Wembley for the first time and um, scored a winning goal in the, in the final, I think it was about 35,000 people there. Uh, the whole town seemed to have, you know, walking around Wickham, you know, everybody was talking about it and it, it was just a great achievement. For, and that was one of the, the first achievements for the for the club, really. And I don't think they've looked back for the last 30 years, really. They just moved on, taking great steps, and they just keep improving, which is, like I say, it's a pretty un- unbelievable t- thing that they've done to get into the championship now. And did you notice at the time the kind of the change, if you like, from playing teams like Kettering and then all of a sudden you're, you know, in the in the you know, much higher, well, not what, what, what must have felt like a much higher level? Yeah, I think, I think it is a bit weird. You know, you, you go into places and playing in front of like two or 300 people, then all of a sudden you go, you go into grounds and there's like, you know, four or 5,000 people um, at home. All of a sudden the crowds, it just gets a lot more professional. Um, training becomes harder. You have to be fitter. Um, the players they bring in are, are better. And like I said, everybody has to move on and, you know, your time comes when it's your turn to be, you know, taken by somebody else. But, you know, these things happen and um yeah i think it was it just got more and more professional as the years went on really and it must have been such an interesting time when players were were going to the that sort of full-time level as well and getting full-time contracts yeah <clears throat> obviously when, when they went full-time and stuff and and then obviously 
players are doing well and um you know Steve Guppy went to where did he go to he went to Leicester and Keith Scott got a move to Swindon and you know some of the, you see players start moving and playing you know even higher than when Wickham were which you know that's a good good achievements for those sort of players as well and it must have felt so good, you know, to yourself, for yourself at the time, you know, people singing your name behind the goal and stuff. And, and you know, as I say, that the goal, you know, records that you, that you set and you must have been so proud of, of what you achieved during those those years. Yeah, like when you're playing, you, you take it for granted, I think, a little bit. You just turn up every week and you, you play in front of a few people. And, um, you know, at the time, things were going well for me. I was just scoring goals and... You know, people people like people that when you when you're doing well, people people sort of always give you a little pat on the back. But um, you know, there were times when I missed a few, and you you know, people call you a few names, but you have to take that sometimes. But yeah, most of the time it was quite nice because, like I say, when you're playing with good players, and they keep creating opportunities for you, and you keep getting on the end of it, whether it's a two yard or a twenty yard or a penalty, it's always lovely to to score a goal and I think most most people remember goal scorers rather than midfielders and stuff so yeah I was lucky enough to be a goal scorer and I scored quite a few Mark when when they're singing your name are you aware of that as, as we heard from David Weeder a few weeks ago where he was very much saying that actually when you're playing a match you're in the zone and, and unless maybe you've scored a goal you don't necessarily notice the crowd so when they're all chanting and, and singing your songs you know do, do you have a little grin on 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 your face or, or are you really not noticing yeah, I think you do. It's always nice, you know, if you scored a goal and then all of a sudden the crowd starts singing your name or even when you come up to, come out to warm up, you know, and um, they start singing your name as you come out. You know, it, it's lovely. That's what you want to hear. You want people to, to be cheering for you. And I, I think, yeah, you are in the zone when you're playing. You hear the odd, the odd thing. But um, when they start singing about you and stuff like that, it is lovely. And what's it like playing under the different managers? So obviously, there were a couple when, during your time there. I had a few. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure that was that was me or them. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they, I think they all brought their own different things to the club. Um, I think we had started off with um, Paul Bench and Alan Gain. They started with a lot of local lads. Um, and then Jim Kelman come in and brought a lot of... He was the one who started bringing players in from further afield. And then, obviously, when Martin took over, he he changed it and it became a lot more professional. I think he gave gave the players a lot more belief in in how you know we, we were sort of a top half of the conference when Martin took over, and I, I think he brought in a few good players um, just to cement what we were doing, really. And I think that's what it was that actually got us promoted. But each manager brings their own little bit, and um, you know, to, to manage at Wickham, you've got to be a good manager anyway. So um, you just take a little bit from each one of them and you, you just keep trying to learn as, you, as you're going on. And what happened to you after your time at the club? You went on to play for Slough and, and also for Tame as well. Yeah, went, um, left Wickham and went to Slough. Um, I didn't really want to be doing too much travelling after I finished. I was, I was about 29 by the time I went, left Wickham. So um, went to Slough. Uh, we got into the conference and that, that was good there. Had four good years at Slough. Um, went to Farnborough. To be fair, I scored a few goals at Slough as well, so um, that was always nice. And Farnborough for, just for a year at Farnborough, and then I've ended up at Tame. Um, that's where I'm managing now. I've been managing there for the last twelve years, so um, keeps me busy. <laughs> it must be so fantastic to still be involved in the game as well. I remember, you know, it's always fan- uh, fascinating to hear, you know, where former players are, are today. And I remember, as I say, years ago, reading that you, you're the manager at Tame, and great to hear that you're still still doing that now. Yeah, I think the thing is, I don't think, any, unless you've been in a football changing room, I don't think you, you understand the buzz. And actually being in a changing room, the banter, um, it's just so, so nice. You, you make a lot of friends, friends in there, and we, we all keep in touch with each other. And, you know, and actually still being able to do it now, going training a couple of times a week, just being with the lads, I think it helps to, to keep you, you know, I don't, I don't know about feeling young, but, um, you know, it, it does help, and uh, I've really enjoyed my time being a manager as well. And how's the last twelve months been for you under under the sort of the lockdown and the pandemic? And... Uh, very difficult because um, obviously we, we we did start in the summer, and the season sort of started, and we've not played since November now. 
So I think we're waiting to hear whether or not we're going to be starting. I, I can't see it myself. I think we've still got about 30 league games to play. So um, even if we started now, I, I wouldn't think we'd be start playing until the middle of March. So you, you can't play 30 games in that sort of time. So <clears throat> for me, I think they should just call it off and um, start. But it's been quite difficult. It's sort of been stop-start for a little while. So um, it will be nice, hopefully, in the summer, be able to start again and look forward to next season. It's great to hear that you're still, as you say, involved in the game and also the, the link with the, with Wickham Wanderers as well, as you have so many happy uh, memories there. Um, brilliant for JDT and um, Alan, who you know instrumental in the Ex-Players Association. That must be something that you're really, really uh, pleased to be involved with as well. Yeah, it's lovely. Uh, we have a dinner every year. We didn't have one last year um, and everybody goes along. See, see a lot of old friends and everything, which is really nice. Uh, we managed to have a beer, but you know, hopefully we might be able to have the dinner this year. But um, I think Wickham's quite a family club. I think that's the thing. I don't think there'd be any other club, you know, in, in football that does what Wickham does um, with the ex players association. Um, I think they do a great job. The people who run it, you know, it's, it's unbelievable what they do. Um, and I think, like I say, I think Gareth's doing a great job with what he's doing as well. Um, whether or not they can stay up, you know, I think. It's, it's a long shot. Hopefully, they can do that. Um, uh, uh, it, whatever happens, you know they, they've done really well anyway. Oh, it's been great to speak to you. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, also brilliant to I say uh, as a youngster to watch you. And I'm sure many other fans will, will have enjoyed watching you play for the club and all the goals that you scored as well. Yeah, nice one. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Nice one. Uh, pleasure. Thank, Thank you so much for your time, uh, Mark. West speaking you. to us here at Wickham Sound. Love music. Love talk. Love Wickham Sound. It's the final part of the Wickham Wanderer show, or the third half, as we like to call it. Um, extra time, as it can be known as well. Brilliant to speak to uh, Mark West. It does, there is something a bit special, isn't it, about getting to speak to players who you've seen play. Uh, it's obviously <laughs> fantastic to hear, you know, stories of players from other generations as well, but I think there's something a bit special about, you know, if you'd have told me that, you know, in 30 years you'll get to speak to Mark West, I'll be like, <laughs> I don't see how. I, I, I think, you know, you, you should take this even further, actually, because it, it's getting to speak to players who you've sung their songs. That, that, you know, that, that's pretty special, really. No, absolutely. Very, very lucky. Uh, keep listening out for uh, more. Uh, next week we have Matt Crossley on uh, from a similar era. And uh, we're also speaking to former manager Brian Lee soon as well. So uh, make sure you listen out for that. Now, it was very interesting what um, Mark was saying about Tame and the, the season because we're just getting a bit of breaking news in that the National League North and South, um, their season has been declared null and void this evening. Following voting from the clubs, the season has ended. There will be no promotion, no relegation to or from the National League North and South. Now, clearly, uh, clubs like Tame are, are below that, but I would think that because such a, a high-profile non-league league has decided that that the other leagues will probably just just fall into line and i would assume that actually we will be hearing that the southern isthmian leagues uh etc etc will also the hellenic league i would imagine will also be postponing their seasons or rather cancelling their season saying that they're null and void uh and basically that they're going to start again um in august which was kind of what mark was saying that he he was expecting as well yeah, it is something that you could kind of sort of see coming and probably see with the best outcome, but but interesting interesting that it should happen around now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, and also again for the for Wickham ladies, you know, we've heard the same from them that you know that it's been so stop start their season uh, and it hasn't even really got going yet and I would imagine that probably the same thing will happen with them as well. No, definitely. Um, so uh, to move on, uh, we had a little earlier on uh, from our various uh, chats that uh, Rob Kuig uh, made a statement to season ticket holders, which um, I guess was, was very interesting on a number of levels. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, he he was very much blaming himself partly for the expectations that he that he feels that he hadn't necessarily clearly communicated uh, to Gareth, to the management team, and to the players at the beginning of the season. So, uh, Phil, on the Ring in the Blues podcast, uh, spoke to Rob to find out a bit more. Missy and I were talking. It's a great analogy for what we hope for for the season. We dug ourselves a hell of a hole after the first seven games. But if you come back, that's all that matters. Right, Rob. So this statement that came out the other day, you can almost claim an assist for this victory, can't you? Because it's been a big change in, in the recent run of form. I don't know about all that. I just, uh, I'm not a believer in excuses. I don't excuse myself when I make a mistake. I take responsibility. I have a great working relationship with Gareth and Dabo and Pete and Andrew 
And uh, I just thought the fans, particularly those people who have put up their money, ought to know what our position was. And so, you know, it's uh, hopefully it helped a little bit. But uh, I don't really believe much in all of that. I think that what wins a match is how the players play. Having some 70-year-old guy exonerate them or excoriate them doesn't make much difference. What matters is how they play, and they play fantastic. Now, Rob, on that statement, you said that you'd come to the realisation that you had failed the club by not forcefully articulating your expectations for the season. I mean, you've always been fairly optimistic with me and, and the other fans by saying that, you know, you expect Wickham to stay up in the in the championship. Do you think that we perhaps maybe, with our sort of British cynicism, just thought, oh, that's just an optimist? But, you know, talk to me about what's made you make that statement. Why do you think you failed the club in that way? Well, I think I fell into the same habit a lot of our fans fell into, which is, getting sort of impressed with ourselves that, my gosh, look at us. We're in the championship. I was reminded as a young lawyer when I had a huge case against a guy who had been practicing law 40 years, and there was a temptation on my part to talk about, oh, my gosh, I'm going against Mr. Smith, who's been doing it forever and has a great reputation. And my client told me he wasn't paying me for anything other than my performance. He didn't care who I was going against. I've got to win the case. And I realized I have an obligation to this club, to these players, to Gareth, to Dabo, the whole staff, to make sure they understand we're in this thing to produce real results. So that led to a conversations I had with Andrew, with Pete, Dabo, and uh, Gareth all individually and then combined and I just felt like it was as good a time as any to make sure everybody knows you can't be afraid of success and you can't be afraid of setting the bar high and going for it. It's our time. And obviously your relationship with Gareth and Dobbo and the players and everyone, that, that can be quite a private thing. But, I mean, what was the nature of those? Was it, was it a heated conversation or was it a sort of a sit-down, quite rational chat? Well, for one thing, unlike every other conversation I've ever had, of similar nature, I wasn't able to sit in a, you know, in an office or a, on a couch and look them in the eye. You're doing it over Zoom. It was very rational. There was no raising of voices or anything like that. Everybody's kind of gotten to know me a little bit. They've gotten to know me better over the past month. And again, I don't want to make the excuse of I'm 4,500 miles away, but in their defense, I think it's been hard for them to judge me because you get it on a conversation or two, not on a uh, everyday stuff. You know, last year, Phil, uh, I used to have coffee with Gareth once, twice, three times a week when I was there one week a month. I've been there exactly once since I bought the club. So it's hard. And communication means a lot. And I'm in the communication business and my other trade. And I just felt like it was important for me to talk to these guys and communicate. Since you and Pete and Missy have been involved in the club, it's been a, a tremendous success in terms of the promotion into, into the championship. But you often really learn about people when, when things are going against you in terms of results. And this is your first sort of real sticky spell of, of, of results. A lot of Wiccan fans expected it to be difficult, though, in the championship. But I sense there's a, a cultural difference between you and, and a lot of... British and English and Wickham fans in the fact that you are saying that you fully expect Wickham to stay in the championship. You really mean it, don't you? I do. Why wouldn't we? I mean, if we didn't expect to stay, why did we bother to go up? You know, there are some things, Phil, I probably should have done earlier. We went through a decision-making process about the type of squad we were going to field and we were comfortable with the squad. But if you notice, we've incrementally changed the squad out, which was fair. And look, I don't think the cultural difference is necessarily British versus American. There are plenty of people in America who will tell you I am a resolute, realistic optimist in anything I attempt to do. That doesn't mean I win every time, but it means there's going to be a battle for me to win. And I ain't going down easy anytime. And in that statement as well, you, you, you underlined your sort of commitment to Gareth and Dobbo and said that, you know, in terms of job security, 
They're more secure than any other managers in, in professional football. If we can make a big fight of it, but they do end up in League One, you know, I'm guessing that stays the same? Yes. Yeah. Look, one of the things I wanted to communicate to them is they don't have to worry about what about this, what about that. We are 18. The way I manage is I have Andrew and Pete working with them and the players and recruiting the players and the like. I'm going to evaluate all of us. But I am totally satisfied with the team we have put together. If nobody screws up in a way, and I'm not talking wins and losses, I'm talking about something that would be totally unforeseen, we're going to be here next year in the championship. If something untoward happens and we're in League One, it's going to be the same group of us making sure we come right back up to the championship. And I was really taken with your last sentence of that statement before today's game. We have 19 games left. We have to cover a bit of ground. It will be done. Hang on and believe. It's going to be fun. Well, it was almost prophetic because today was a lot of fun, wasn't it? It Well, certainly the second half was more fun than the first, but yes. But even in the first half, and again, you know, I don't claim expertise on on team play and the like, but to, to me, the team looked like it was having fun. It was playing aggressively. It was going for it. And we easily could have scored in that first half. And so, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's not going to be easy. But, you know, the the great uh, John F. Kennedy statement, why man goes to the moon, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. Those things that you do that are hard, that you accomplish, those are the things that you remember when it's all over. Not that you went out and, and did what everybody expected you to do. And the other thing was was about the players as well. You said the players need to perform at the level expected of a of a championship league player, and you know to have a successful career. You say you want everyone in the squad to stay, but the performance and the results matter. No excuses. I mean, that is very squarely saying to the players, look, you know, if you want to stay in the championship, if you want to stay at Wickham Wanderers, it's down to you. You're, you're giving them their own responsibility for their destiny. Absolutely. Look, I want them all. I love our players. We have a tremendous group of players, and the new guys that have come in have fit into the culture of wealth, but they're all being paid as professionals in the championship. If they wanted to earn wages commiserate with League One, they could have played there, but they don't need that. They can be here. They all have the talent. And look, tough times are ahead, but we're going to play through it, and we're going to be fighting, and we're going to be, at the end of the day, shocking people one more time. Now, the other interesting thing, you know, you've told the media team, you know, no more Little Wickham, no more sort of touristing around the championship. You know, that's fine. They're, they're the club's employees. You're the chairman. A lot of the Wickham fans have been a bit like, well, you know, we still want to kind of do that and, and enjoy our time in the championship regardless of the results. Um, do you understand where they're coming from? Maybe the Wickham fans that saw Wickham lose to the Metropolitan Police in the 80s and, and get knocked yeah, out of the club. Yeah, but I'm so sick of hearing that, Bill. I didn't know, I didn't know Wickham was at the time, you know? I keep going back to that day, and I don't know if you recall it, when we were in that forum, and somebody asked me where I expected to be, and I said the championship, and there were people who didn't guffaw. They were like, I don't know if we want to do that. You know, almost afraid. I don't have time for that. I came to do something that had not been done before. To run a team on a financially stable basis and make progress and play in the championship. That's what we're going to do. And Rob, so your rallying call to the fans then, you know, you want them to say, look, you know, we're not Little Wickham anymore. We're here to, to make a go of this. Yeah. But look, they're fans. They pay their money. They take their chances and, and they can say whatever they want. But if they want to support this team, they have to start taking pride in authorship of a championship team. They can't look around because that permeates the atmosphere. That's why I asked the media team, let's get past it. Let's recognize ourselves. We were the only team going around talking like that. I looked around at what other media people do. Nobody else was saying, oh, wow, we're going to be at such and such stadium. Isn't that cool? You know? No. We're going to be there, and God damn it, they ought to be a little nervous about us. And in terms of the, the, the contract extensions that have been handed out to Wickham players as well, I'm guessing that they're structured regardless of uh, regarding what league Wickham will be in next season. If the great escape happens, then fantastic. If not, then they'll be on their contracts will reflect what division Wickham are in next season. Every contract is unique. 
And all I can say about that is Pete and Andrew and I have set up a system where we're able to compete financially whatever league we're in. Really, really interesting comments uh, from Rob there. And it does give confidence, I suppose, <laughs> I think, uh, going forward as well. Yes. I mean, a really, really fascinating sort of wide-ranging interview. Um, and just, I, I think, sort of coming out of it, you you just think he clearly really, really does want us to stay in the championship. I completely understand what he's saying about the, the whole we've possibly made too much of the fact that, you know, we, we've been to the city ground, we've been to Hillsborough, and we, we've been saying, oh, wow. But I think at the same time, he has to appreciate, actually, that, you know, exactly as Mark West was saying, just where Wickham have come from and the fact that there are fans of a certain age who, you know, well remember the Isthmian League days. Of course. And so it is amazing to us that we are, in, you know, that we are playing these teams, you know, that we, we're going to the city ground because, goodness me, whilst we were in the Isthmian League, Nottingham Forest were winning the European Cup twice. And so that, you know, that that is, is why it's quite mind-blowing to Chairboys fans. But at the same time, yeah, OK, fair enough. You know, we, we are in the championship on merit. We, it, it, these aren't FA Cup games that we're playing. We haven't got a lucky draw. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, I, I completely understand the point he makes. So it does seem such a jump, doesn't it? As I mentioned to, to Mark about playing, you know, teams like Kettering and Northwich yeah, Victoria oh. and um, Fisher Athletic and, you know, all that, and, and now we're playing, as you say, Nottingham Forest and Sheffield Wednesday. Exactly. I mean, if if I was speaking to Rob, I think I would say to him, knowing that, that he's got a baseball background, knowing that he was uh, in charge of the, the New Orleans Zephyrs, I think they were called, uh, which is like a minor league um, baseball team uh, in America, it would be a little bit like them, and baseball doesn't have an equivalent competition to the FA Cup, but if they did, it would be like them drawing the New York Yankees and going to play in Yankee Stadium, um, or going to, say, Fenway Park, or going to Wrigley Field, some of the, the real sort of like iconic um, ball club uh, ball stadiums in in america that that sort of is the the equivalent thing um but as i say yes fair enough you know and maybe we should or he should have considered that sort of like first of all you know back in in september and said to the the, the whole club you know look we're not going to make too much of the fact that you know wow isn't it amazing that we're in the championship let's just actually very much be well hey you know yeah we're we're here on merit um i really liked what he said about the uh when he was a lawyer and and taking on the the guy who'd like got 40 years experience mm, definitely and you know and again you know you, your client would not be very pleased if you were in the courtroom just saying wow you know goodness me i'm going up against this lawyer of 40 years you know if if, if he's defending you you know or, or whatever you would you would just want him to do his job so fair enough you know completely get where he's coming from so overall how would you uh, assess your optimism uh, after the last two performances heading into these next sort of run of games because as mentioned february remains still quite important it does it really does um the fact that millwall have won their last three games it's going to be tough um but you know every game really here on in is going to be tough um they're currently 11th uh, with 41 points um however you know clearly our performance is over particularly the last two games you know huddersfield was an absolute wonderful result and the derby performance was really really good and really we deserved definitely a point if not all three and the fact we didn't get any was just heartbreaking but yeah i think we can go into the millwall game with uh, a lot of optimism big thank you very much to everyone for uh, contributing this week we're back at the same time next week here at wickham sound <laughs>